0: Welcome back to the Guardian film show, soldiering ever onward through the long, hot summer of sport with the World Cup and Wimbledon hogging centre stage. We're still out in the wilderness, guided by stars and up the creek without a paddle. Here, there be dragons. Coming up on this week's show, Viking dreams take flight in How to Train Your Dragon 2. And Michael Caine comes tottering down the boulevards of Paris in Mr Morgan's Last Love. But we kick off with Tammy, in which Melissa McCarthy's minimum wage employee hits a deer with her car and then loses her job. And wouldn't you know it, her troubles are just beginning.
1: All right, put a stack of pies for her, a stack of pies for me. Which one? I think this is all of it. Just get over there. Go, don't walk right toward the gun. Sorry.
0: She led what the bridesmaids and turned up the heat. Now Melissa McCarthy is out on her own, writing and starring in this freewheeling tale about a muck jobbing midwestern calamity Jane who lights out on a comedic journey Mary, of self-discovery.
1: To take you out. I'm a veteran. That's amazing. Yeah.
0: Joining me on a roadshow of our own. It's Peter Bradshaw and Catherine Short. Peter, I guess you don't have to be a Melissa McCarthy fan to enjoy Tammy, but it certainly helps. It
2: does help, it does help, and I am a Melissa McCarthy fan. I think she's a very interesting kind of standard bearer for a possible new wave of female comics like Kristen Wiig and Amy Poehler and Tina Fey and so on and so on and so forth. I think she's very good. Mm. I've been a bit of a fan of her since what I think of her now as a bit of a cult film that she did called The Nines with Ryan Reynolds back in 2007 which I thought was very interesting. And she was a very interesting actor in that. She's never had quite the opportunity since then to show a kind of range that she is actually capable of. I think she's funny. Uh, And I think this film, like a lot of comedies, it front loads it. All the funny stuff is in the first act and then it kind of bleeds out into a kind of conventional, slightly sentimental drama. But nevertheless, it is is funny. Uh, And she does carry it. She's on this kind of road trip a kind of post-Thelma and Louise style rose trip in a way with Susan Sarandon, who isn't naturally funny, I have to say. She's more dramatic than funny. But she she carries it perfectly well in the way that John C. Riley carries it when he's paired with Will Ferrell in a way. Sometimes
0: she's unintentionally funny, like in The Lovely Bones. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Let's not go on about that. <laughs> Let's not throw that in her face. Catherine, but, what did you make of it?
1: Um, I disagree. I really like Melissa McCarthy. I really, really like the heat. And I like mm. her even in the sort of less good films like uh, Identity Thief. I thought this was a disaster, an absolute stone cold disaster. Um, it didn't make me laugh once. The only time that I laughed was the wooden spoon bit. And I just I just didn't get on with it at all. Um, I thought it was sort of. Uh, I thought it was a proper turkey, I'm afraid. I mean, the, there's something weird going on about the vanity aspect of it. It's directed by a husband who also has a, a little role in it. And He's the
0: boss. That's right. He's the boss. In the of Jacks. Yeah, that's the
1: right. Jack's, yes. But, I mean, it's a strange sort of mix of intense vanity, like the sort of I'm actually not 44, I'm 30. I don't know yeah. how, how young she's meant to be. Uh, and sort of self-loathing because a lot of the jokes are at the expense of her weight and, and she she makes herself not just you know seem big but really really ugly. You know, she's really dressed down. She's you know, hair's I mean I can't talk, but her hair's a real tip. She wears horrible clothes. She's a sort of she's not sort of stupid and self-confident in the way that's funny, like in Bridesmaids. She's just sort of mad. And this sort of Mark Duplass uh, romance is completely bizarre. I mean he's very sort of good looking normal guy and it's meant to be that they're both messes who come together Mm. but he's got no mess there's no mess (laughs) he's fine Um, but you're just sort of all this is just absolutely random the plot is bizarre in the same way it's just episodic and strange then you've got this whole Kathy Bates and Sandra Oh lesbian fourth of July party it's just really odd and not in a good way I mean I'd be up for liking this kind of thing if it was if it was strange but I just just the jokes did not work for me don't get sassy. Okay, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Just get pie. You want some pies? Well, I like pie. Well, get get a pile for you. Get a pile for. If you change your attitude, I'd like to give you some pies on me. No, that's okay. Thanks. I don't care for him. God damn it! So what did we just talk about? Okay. I have a gun on yep. you. I offered you pie. Mm-hmm. He likes pies. He's got a gun to his face. Anything I say, he's gonna like. I ask you, you want some pies? I like pies. Come on, that's what I'm talking about.
0: Melissa McCarthy is a Tammy. Moving on now, we come to How to Train Your Dragon 2. And the second lesson should really, by rights, be free. But never mind, here it comes. It's an animated 3D caper from DreamWorks. And Catherine Short sat down with Game of Thrones star Kit Harrington, who voices the role of Eric, the dragon trapper.
3: Nothing to, to sell, sell and no heads to call our own if we don't turn up with dragons and fast! Eric has the heart, the heart of a warrior and the soul of a bumbling buffoon, slightly. <laughs> you know, he's, um, he's that wonderful mix. He's kind of very good at what he does, very, very strong, very adept at catching dragons. And yet, he, he hasn't quite grasped, he hasn't quite understood. The ways of the world, yeah, and that's what he's being taught throughout the film. And it exasperates him. He finds it totally confusing, this this these new group of people who come in and start telling him what to do, when he was the big one lording it around.
0: Welcome aboard, Dragon Rider! Thanks! I think where have you been? Oh, you know, catching up with mom. Now you know where I get my dramatic flair.
3: I mean what, uh, another big thing in this movie, which I'm sure you, a lot of people have picked up on, is, is the is the divorced parents issue behind it all and the estranged mother, which is the not the usual way around of doing this. it's usually the estranged father. And I think it's with with a single with a with a an own with a an only child who's grown up with only one parent. And never knowing the other one, that is something interesting to explore about not knowing the one half of you, not knowing that side of you, and, and what it and what things might be bubbling underneath because of your mother not being there. And and then the thing we get to explore in this movie is is what happens if you meet that person, and what does that ignite inside you? And 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 that's a, a wonderful part of this movie, which I was never really. <laughs> Never really, never really got to see or be a part of, because that's hiccup story. And
0: Catherine, I recall you seeing this in Cannes, and when we asked you what you thought of it, you said you couldn't tell us. Yeah, that's right. I tell was, us it now. was a
1: very heavy embargo. I hope so. I don't know. It's out in America, Scotland, and Ireland already, so perhaps I can. Um, yeah, it's good. I mean, it's good. It's not, it's not a hold-the-front-page uh, situation, in fact. Tease, oh, I'll tell Alan Rusbridger. roll upstairs. It's good. Uh, it's got, I mean, you know, uh, Kit harrington actually plays Eric, son of Eric which is an interesting thing. You know, the whole film is sort of shot through with ideas of hereditary legacy and primogeniture and quite big issues for little kiddies to be grappling with, uh, which I think is all for the good. Uh, it also sort of talks about, you know, whaling and sort of quotas and trapping and and sort of Diane Fossey elements. And There's lots of sort of actually quite meaty stuff going on in here. There's one very upsetting scene quite late on where... Uh, somebody kills somebody that's some um, uh yeah a big big themes for me the magic of it isn't quite there i don't quite dreamworks animations you know shrek was good because it was so funny it wasn't mm. good because the animation was magical mm. for i me, don't really like the
0: dreamworks
2: animations. yeah they
1: look weird right yeah, they do it's, it's a bit freaky. What is it
0: the uncanny, uncanny
2: valley yeah exactly d- yeah it's i don't think it's quite that bad but i know what you
1: I mean, they give it a go. So the DreamWorks animators have uh, taken Jay Baruchel, who's the plays the main character, Hiccup, who's a sort of reluctant hero, and they've mimicked his sort of kvetching shrugs and his rubbery limbs and his... I mean, obviously, he's got his own nasal voice. And so that it does give a sort of slight Jesse Eisenberg-ish, Woody Allen-ish, kind of nebbish quality to it, which is, is nice, but it doesn't give it enough personality that I think something like this kind of needed for me. It's
2: really different from the books. Uh, mm. it, they obviously don't have any sense that they have to kowtow to any fan base that's come from the books, because Cressida Cowell's books are, are radically different, really. Mm. They have this wacky Spike Milligan type uh, of illustration, which she does herself, and the and the, the stories are very different. They're very much more quirky and eccentric and English than these very slick and homogenised Americanized animations, which are it's, it's quite interesting. My, I took my nine-year-old, who is a bit of a fan of the books, and likes the, the movies as well, to this. He, he did enjoy it. Uh, and like all 3D films, it has to have a scene where everybody whooshes around in the sky. I mean, that's the one thing 3D has given us, is huge amounts of aeronautical stuff mm-hmm. in films. And that's absolutely what How to Train Your Dragon is about, is, is airborne stuff.
0: I would
1: like a and cheese baguette to
0: go. With the baguette. One minute, Mr Morgan is a lonesome widower, mooching about Paris and chatting to the ghost of his wife inside the local park. The next, he's undergoing cha-cha-cha changes, courtesy of Clémence Posey's young, kindly cha-cha-cha dance teacher. Your hair, it's so like my wife's hair.
3: Well, I hope you like your wife.
0: I did. She died. Uh, three years... Two months and 11 days ago. Peter, I suggest you need a heart of stone not to be moved by Mr. Morgan's last letter.
2: I think you need a brain of stone or some organ made of stone. It is appalling. It's one of those things, for some reason, Michael Caine has this terrible weakness for sentimental, depressing stories where he forms a heartwarming relationship with a younger person, either a little kid or, in this case, this excruciatingly coy, sexless affair de coeur with this young woman, this beautiful young woman played by Clémence Poesie, who's very good, but why on earth she is in, in any way enraptured by grumpy and, and conceited and self-congratulatory Michael Caine? I don't know, it is appalling. Michael Caine's American accent, not the greatest thing about I his acting. I did a acting. double
0: take early on yes. when he goes to the sandwich bar and <laughs> yeah. he can't speak French. No. And, then and he can't speak French American people. either. Yeah, and frankly. they say, oh, he's an American. And he's an American. And you think, oh, he's an American.
2: Oh, is that what he is? <laughs> I mean, I I, I like Michael Caine. I think he's very good in the right role. But when he plays an American, I mean, he's... he's He's had great, great success as Americans in, in the past uh, in, for Woody Allen and for the side rules and all these things, but I just don't mm. get it. His American accent, frankly, isn't very convincing. Mm this is not one of Sir Michael's greatest moments, really, quite frankly. I don't know why he does it. Why does he do it to himself? Why doesn't he just do something else with Christopher Nolan or something, or some, one of his many legions of fans among yeah. younger directors yeah. who would want to put him in some brilliant comedy or something like that? Why doesn't he become what Bill Murray was to Wes Anderson or something like that? Why doesn't he do that? Because yeah. he could do, and there are loads of people out there who There's have so much way, goodwill, so yeah. much goodwill and justified goodwill but no, the great man has this uh, sweet tooth for this sort of project and I
0: don't get it. Catherine, is this right up there with great Michael Caine films like The Swarm and George just Three?
1: <laughs> 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 it is. And <some sighs> Water, the 1985 film. Water, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's so strange. and uh, I mean, Gillian Anderson's there partly to sort of say, to give voice to the fear that... Um, that his new young friend has got you know, ulterior motives of some kind, mm. but because she's sort of so cliched, Gillian Anderson, instead of saying it, and you're not meant to think that, and you have to think it's all very pure, but because because he never explained why she's got this strange sexless crush on this old fart, then it, it, you're just nervous all the time because I felt like she was gonna kill him or something. Yeah. And Mr Morgan's last love, it seems so mm. ominous, but in fact, she doesn't. But I was sort of constantly thinking, Might it, you know, might it go bad?
2: What are you doing with my dad? I'm his friend. He hasn't told me a word
0: about you.
1: He hasn't told me a word about you either. I thought you didn't have anyone. You know, like, I don't have anyone.
0: I'm a lousy father. Stop
2: acting like you're the only one who lost her.
0: Michael Caine and Clemence Posey in Mr Morgan's Last Love. And that's it. We're done. We've tangoed from Topper Jacks to Scandinavia to the dance halls of Paris. My thanks to Peter Bradshaw and Catherine Short. Thanks to you for sticking with us. Next week, fingers crossed, the films start getting better. The drought may just be over. We'll see you next week.